You are listening to the co-production podcast brought to you by Cineropa and Eurimage. I am Domenico Laporta and I'm the editor of Cineropa, your number one resource for European industry content published daily in four languages. Cineropa is supported by Creative Europe and you can always access our content for free at cineropa.org. Today, we are discussing the co-production of Inner Cage, Aria Ferma, co-written and directed by Leonardo Di Costanzo. The film premiered at the latest Venice Film Festival, Out of Competition, and it is a co-production between Italy and Switzerland. We are welcoming today the two co-producers of the film. Welcome to the co-production podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you. And can I ask you to introduce yourself and your production company, starting with you, Carlo. I'm Carlo Cristodina. I'm founder and CEO of Tempesta. Tempesta is actually two companies, one in Italy and one in the UK. Um, We're based in Bologna. Uh, you may have heard of us because we uh, produced a literal Vakers film that won a couple of important awards in, uh, in Cannes. Uh, we have also been working with Leonardo Di Costanzo, uh, starting with uh, his uh, feature first feature film and previously with his documentaries. Thank you. What about you, Michela? You're based in Switzerland. Hello, I'm based in Switzerland and personally I live between uh, Lugano in the Italian part of Switzerland and Zurich. I work as a producer for AMCA Film. I started in the company as a with an internship, we say like that, and uh, now I'm working there as a producer. AMCA Film has been working uh, for now how many years, Carlo? I mean, I would say for at least... Uh, 10 years have been working together. At least, at least, at least. And AMCA Film produces a documentary and feature film, maybe one of the last feature film that you have heard, It's Love Me Tender by Claudia Reinecker, that premiered in Toronto and was in BFI and so on. So you two have uh, like a long-term relationship in terms of uh, co-production, but also um, a long relationship with the director. Uh, can you tell us uh, how it works? I mean, is uh, Leonardo coming to you, Carlo, with a new project and then you develop it and then you talk to Michela about it afterwards or are you co-developing uh, co together? I, it normally starts with Leonardo um, you know, pitching ideas and discussing ideas with me. Uh, Leonardo is one of these great directors that are very slow in, you know, brewing up uh, their ideas and putting them together, which gives us a lot of time to properly develop it. Uh, we normally share it with uh, Michaela and Anka at a very early stage, seeing if they are interested, if they think it could be something suitable for this. Swiss audience and and so on. Uh, in this case, uh, with Leonardo, we started uh, from a book, which is called Il Libro dell'Ascolto, the book of listening, which is about a, a, a group uh, of, uh, of people that uh, put together over more than 15 years uh, the Victim, victims of uh, terrorist acts in Italy and the perpetrators uh, in order to 
find a way and to to start a dialogue between victims and perpetrators. The idea was to explore a different kind of justice. But then ideas evolve and change them from that initial idea and we moved to, you know, we, we wanted to do something about jail because also during development we visited a lot of jails around Italy and we spoke with a lot of people involved with justice and crime and punishment, if you want to put it like that. And uh, we wanted to uh, to make a film about justice uh, and to figure out if there are different ways to front crime and to try to recover uh, the culprits instead of just punish them. So just by the topic of the film, we can already see that Leonardo has a strong uh, documentary roots. Uh, every story is really uh, rooted in reality, but it's still a fiction film. So can you, can you describe the story of the film? Can you pitch the film for us? The setting of the film is very simple. We are in an old uh, decommissioned prison uh, or about to be decommissioned all the inma inmates are being transferred to different prisons, but because of a bureaucratic problem, a small group, 12 inmates with maybe 10 guards, are stuck there in complete isolation for a few days. Of course, they have to reinvent their cohabitation, they have to reinvent the rule of justice and uh, that um, you know creates a very very special particular human situation we knew from the very start of the project that we wanted uh, to involve professional actors the script is written by for two lead actors Leonardo has mainly worked also in his feature films with non-professional actors, uh, but this time we really wanted to, you know, uh, have you know step up a little bit and 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 try to work with, uh, so to say, big names. And we were very happy uh, that Tony Servillo and Silvio Orlando immediately accepted the challenge and um, uh, jumped on board of the film. Tony Servillo is a very well-known Italian actor. He's, if you want, Paolo Sorrentino's uh, muse actor. And Silvio Orlando worked with Nanni Moretti and was in Young Pope. So we were sort of working with two giants of Italian cinema, and it was very fascinating. You mentioned that the development took some time. Um, time also means money. How did it work for the film in terms of uh, development funding? Is it something that you took in uh, internally in the company or did you uh, get some funding from uh, a region or from, um, uh, I don't know, from a source of funding in Italy? First, we have a very good relationship with Rai Cinema uh, and also because they they co-produced uh, Leonardo's two previous features. Uh, we just 
asked them uh, for some development money and we shared the cost of development 50-50 with them. And that was very, very important because uh, you feel that, you know, you're working with someone that, you know, can help you then make the film happen later on. And what is the budget of the film? The final budget is 4.3 million euros. And the co-production, Michaela is more precise than me, but it's uh, 20% Switzerland and 80% uh, uh, Italy. Quite interestingly, there is also a small bit of private equity money uh, or gap financing on the film by a, a UK company called Quickfire. Michela, as the minority co-producer, uh, what are your options uh, in uh, Switzerland, in the region where you are located? Um, what can uh, can you do? How Where can you raise the money? And uh, what does it mean for the film? What do you have to do? Is it post-production? Is it uh, technicians? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Unfortunately, we can't co-develop the film because we don't have any funds in order to co-develop. But then once uh, it gets into the shooting, to finance the shooting, we normally go to the, our uh, Federal Office of Culture, that's our film institute, that it's very open to minority co-production. There is like a, a new scheme since a few years that's like a point system. And at what stage did you apply to a rimage? Usually, it comes almost last. But um, was the where was what was the stage of the film when you applied? We can't apply too early because the project needs to be already nearly completely financed in the in the main country. And then we have the TV station that, in case of uh, Carlos Cristodina movies, is really happy, is always happy and keen to 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 co-produce, and they are normally always on board. So mostly it's the our Federal Office of Culture, Film Institute and the Public TV. Of course, you should always apply uh, at the latest, but of course it's not it's it's like not so easy and um, we had also in order to find money in Switzerland we had to apply twice to our Film Institute. So I think at the moment we applied there was not 100% of the financing in in place. But, um, I mean, and we have also to say, I mean, we were financing the project during the big lockdown and we shot the project during another lockdown, like the second lockdown. Also, the financing of the film was a little bit too special, let's say like this. But uh, yes, we applied when Switzerland had uh, a little bit more than 50% on place, but Italy was, all the rest was nearly on place. And how much did you get from Rimage? We got 276,000 from Eurimage, which uh, is quite significantly less that, than we expected. Uh, the reason was that there were a lot of projects, very interesting projects. So it was a bit complicated to allocate uh, Eurimash contribution to over two countries, but we 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 made it. Uh, Eurimash was very very supportive and helped us to find solution. It's always a little bit of a puzzle, as many European producers know. But you know, it's worth it's worth doing it.
And uh, Michaela, what did Switzerland bring into the project, not in terms of money, but in terms of skills? Um, did, was the project uh, maybe um, post-produced in, in Switzerland or was there anything else? It was also post-produced. Well, first, maybe we, we should say that actually Amka Film was co-producer also for the two previous films of Leonardo. And, uh, well, first of all, we had an, a Swiss actor, Antonio Buil, that was part also of Aria Ferma, that he already um, had been working with Leonardo and they have a very special relationship. And this is for us great, I mean, that we have also some Swiss actors. We had uh, the sound engineer was coming from Switzerland. Uh, we did the, the, po the sound post-production in Switzerland. And uh, we had, uh, well, let's say it's a special case. We had like half a makeup because of the corona. Then we had to change. <laughs> and um, yeah, we normally do the sound in Switzerland very often. We, we work together like this. I mean, we have we do the sound on set and then we do the post sound in Switzerland. We did also partially the VFX. So it was, as always, a great collaboration. But this time wasn't so easy because of the pandemic. And uh, in terms of location, uh, I believe it's not allowed to shoot in, in a real prison in Italy. I mean, it's not the case. For example, here in Belgium, you, you are not allowed to do it. Um, how did you solve the film location? Um, is it something that you had to build uh, as a set? Or did you find the perfect location uh, during the scouting period? We actually found the perfect location in a real prison, which um, was decommissioned about 10 years ago. It's a late 19th century, early 20th century prison built as a panopticon with a central tower and all the so-called arrays of the prison spreading from the middle. Uh, it's in Sassari in Sardinia. Uh, it's actually built on the same blueprint that, you know, many prisons in Europe are built upon. So at the end, we were kind of, you know, we didn't know Torino was also a possibility, but then we liked Sassari better because it was, you know, um, fully empty and we could use it Uh, as we wanted. Um, still, when you find that, you know, uh, it looks like a prison, and when you see it in the film, you think, wow, how lucky they are. They found the perfect location, which is true. But there was a lot, a lot of building, rebuilding of large part of it in terms to make it perfect uh, for the film. You uh, applied to premiere at the Venice uh, Film Festival. It was a great... Uh, a great stage for the launch uh, of the film. This was last uh, September. Uh, we are now a bit more than one month later. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe the sales and is there any release plan uh, in, outside of Italy? I know that, for example, the film is not uh, released in Switzerland yet. First of all, which I think is interesting because we all know that uh, these are quite difficult times for, for uh, theatrical releases and for films. Uh, the film was released in Italy on October 14th, and it went very well, is going very well. We actually increased the number of 
screens. We started with 130 uh, screens in Italy, which is a good number. Uh, but because of the good performance during the first weekend, we are now increasing uh, it to 170 screens. Uh, and there is a very good, uh, you know, buzz around the film uh, because, uh, you know, we immediately wanted to make it uh, into a case. You may have heard that uh, during the last two years there were a number of quite, uh, you know, difficult situations in Italian jails. There was a video of a beating released, uh, and, you know, there is a debate about prisons. So we started with a public premiere within a jail in Italy, in Rebibbia, one of the largest prisons in Italy. Uh, with a debate with the Ministry of Justice, with representative of the guards and representative of the inmates, and it 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 gave it you know a, a, a great momentum. At the moment, the film is sold. The film is distributed distributed in Italy by Vision, and it's also sold international by Vision distribution by Katia Rossi, who is a very experienced uh, salesperson. Um, at the moment, as we know, uh, it's quite difficult. International sales are quite difficult for art house. Uh, so we got a lot of interest from France uh, and from Germany, but we are still you know, in the process of, of uh, negotiating what we, what we can do. When you have a film like that, that also is part of a bigger debate. Um, the debate about prison in Italy, it's not only limited to Italy. I mean, the, the situation in prisons is more or less uh, the same in every democratic country, which is not so great. Um, do you think that um, it's, uh, it's a good thing then to try to, to reach out maybe to, you know, like streaming platforms? I'm not naming them, but uh, because they have the potential to go straight into the house uh, of people and, and showing something that is uh, also uh, um, a societal uh, debate? Or do you still believe that a film like that, because I saw it and, and also visually the film has, uh, has a, a strong, uh, uh, strong characteristics, should still be seen in a movie theater? And this is for you the best place to, to discover the film. No doubt that uh, we make this film for theaters. Uh, it's not just a matter of craftsmanship. It's not just because the sound image uh, is so more powerful when you see it on big screen, but it's not just uh, because of that. What is even more important from my point of view is that cinema is a collective experience. Um, so I think that what there are different uh, productions. Some are perfectly fine with a you know a digital distribution uh, on platforms, uh, but some of them are conceived and made for a collective experience. And I think that we should protect and defend the collective experience of watching a film together, uh, watching it in with with full attention. 
and you know bring home something uh, uh, at the end of the of the show. Um, the alternative is the sofa, as we say. You know, if we don't protect uh, this sort of films, uh, the end result is each of us sitting on a sofa and you know uh, having a lonely and individual experience. Do you feel like the situation of um, exhibition in, in Switzerland is uh, comparable to the one in Italy? Because obviously in Italy, you have releases that are bringing back people to the theaters, even if the numbers are not like what they used to be, but there are still some uh, cinematic uh, theatrical successes. Uh, there were some in France as well, in some of the big countries. What is the situation in Switzerland? Switzerland, first of all, is very, it's a lot smaller than Italy or France. And uh, it's a country where people speak three different languages and they have three different culture. So I would say that uh, uh, in the Italian part of Switzerland, people tend to go less and less to the cinema. This is the reality. And there are, uh, for the whole uh, region of Ticino, maybe at the moment are five cinemas are open. Uh, whereas in the in in the big cities like in Zurich, people go back to the cinema. There is a lot of cinemas. You have screenings in the morning. People are used to go at ten o'clock in the morning, and um, people go back to the cinema. A big problem. I was discussing with a friend that's a distributor. A big problem that we have in Switzerland. It's like uh, uh, outside the big cities. It's the vaccination problem. In the cinema in the in the countryside, they have also to ask for the sanitary pass, and the people over there they don't want to get vaccinated, so they they don't go to the cinema anymore. And even though they were only 20 person, they used to go to the cinema. They don't go anymore. So the the all the cinemas in the outside the big cities are are shutting down at the moment. Thank you so much from, for accepting our invitation and be part of the of the co-production podcast. It was great to have you here. I hope that the film will be released also here in Belgium, where there's a huge Italian community and uh, uh, and also those people are also concerned by the, the political problems that are are still happening in Italy. But as I was saying before, the the topic of the film is so much larger uh, than that. It's a, it's way bigger than a national uh, issue, and and I think the film is fantastic. So I, I want to congratulate you. Uh, for that um so yeah we wrap this up uh if you enjoyed this new episode of the co-production podcast don't miss the other ones we have uh, many uploaded already on our website sinoropa.org but you can also access them by subscribing to apple music spotify google or any other platform out there that is diffusing uh podcasts Thank you so much again. Um, I wish you all the best for the 12, uh, 13, 14 project that you will be developing and producing together. And as I always say, keep making films and we keep watching them. <laughs>